Thanks for hanging out with us today on the Better Together podcast. I'm Tony, and I'm so excited about today's guest. I love her, and I know you're going to love her too. Her name's Judy Jo Adams, and I'm going to just share just a little bit about her. Uh, with passionate pursuit to train leaders and impact nations, Judy Jo has a wonderful life. F U L L. She has a full life. Spending over 25 years in the ministry with her husband, Russ, and adding her two boys, Wesley and Evan, along the way, she lives to make a difference. In addition to her heart for women's ministry with the inspired woman, She is the co-pastor at Church at Glass Chapel, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Backing it all up to where it began, she and her husband have traveled to over 40 countries to minister the good news of the gospel. Her love for world missions has always been an underlying theme of her life. As founders of Explore Nations Bible Colleges, they have over 45 campuses on five continents, including their local base at home to add icing on the cake. In recent years, she became the owner of an historical event venue in the Tulsa area, Glass Chapel, where they also base their church. From this vantage point, she balances being a wife, mother, minister, pastor, and business owner. Yes, it's a wonderful life. Oh my goodness. Judy, Joe, we are so glad that you're here today. I'm so happy you guys invited me. Hello to all the Sisterhood girls. Hello to everyone at Tea with Tony. To all my ladies that will be watching too. I am just really looking forward to our time together. Okay, so just reading your bio made me tired. (laughs) (laughs) I sometimes feel that way. (laughs) Okay, just so you know, Judy Joe and I met 29 years ago. Yes. 29 years ago, we were babies, right? Babies. (laughs) We were babies in Bible college. We were babies in Bible college, and two years we were in school together, and then off you went to your husband. How many nations have you lived in? Okay, so we've actually lived in five nations, and then we've traveled together between and I to 40 different countries, and so our passion has always been the world and nations, and that's what we did for about half of our married life together. Oh my goodness. So awesome. I can't wait to get into everything. But before we start, um, we have three questions that we ask everyone so our friends can get to know you a little bit on a personal basis. So the first question is, uh, what are you reading right now? Okay, so here in um, Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I am, we also have one of our Bible colleges, and we're just getting ready to start the class tomorrow on um, prayer and vision, and we are going to be reading Dreaming with God by Bill Johnson, and so both of my boys, my teenage boys, have two teenage boys, and they're both in the Bible college as well, and I've read this before, but I'm going to pick it back up and be reading again with them because it's an amazing book, so it's Dreaming with God Dreaming by Bill Johnson. Dreaming with God by Bill Johnson. That sounds awesome. I'm going to have to get that. Okay, so our next question is, what is your go-to comfort food? Okay, so I have the three C's, which means I'm naming three. And listen, ladies, I do not eat these all at one time together, but I'm going to tell you, (laughs) sometime during the day, I consume my three C's, and they're chocolate, coffee, and cheese. Chocolate, coffee, and cheese. (laughs) That's awesome. So I'm with you on the chocolate. I don't eat cheese. And I don't drink coffee. I'm a tea person myself. Um, well, the chocolate. Yes, you, you, can't, you just can't live life without chocolate. You cannot. It's the, it's the number one C, if you notice. I mentioned it yeah, first. It was first. Always first chocolate. Okay, the last thing is, what is something you can't live without? 
Okay, so when I when I thought of that question, the first thing that came to me was my porch swing. Yeah, I love my porch swing. <laughs> me too. Oh, my grandpa made my the porch swing that we sit on at my house. My grandpa made it, and my oh. sister and my grandma sat on it while they were waiting for me to be born. <sighs> Tony, that is so. Well, I first fell in love with the porch swing because my grandma and grandpa always had one hanging on their front porch. And those are some of my earliest memories for swinging on grandma and grandpa's porch swing. That's the best. That's the best. Oh, well, we just want to thank you again for taking time out to hang out with us today. And we want to jump into these questions. Now, with your 45 campuses all over this world, five continents? um, Yes. You have a global perspective of things. And everyone knows, in case you're listening later, this is going on when COVID-19 is trying to sweep its way across this globe and wreak havoc. And you know, I was praying this morning against it early this morning. And you know what made me so angry in the spirit was that the enemy is trying to take out our harvest before we can harvest them. Like, no, you have to stop now. You have to stop now. This harvest has not been reaped and you cannot take it out. But That um, is so good. So you have a global perspective of what's going on. So the first question I want to ask you from your global perspective is what is something good you see happening in this world because of the pandemic? We hear so much bad news and we're about over it. So tell us some good news. <laughs> yeah, we're truly over it, aren't we? Here's, here's the good news. Okay, so I turned 50 this year and we have spent, I've spent over half of my life very aware of world missions. I fell in love with world missions when I was 17. And so I, we are so connected all the way from Asia across the Middle East and um, Europe back home again. And we have friends that we're staying connected with all across the world. And I keep saying this in all of our time around the world. I have never seen a day like this when God has the attention of the church worldwide. And it's, it's beautiful. It's like we're all praying and we're focused on the same thing. We're all fighting the same enemy, you know, and so we're all looking up and we're looking to one another. And so it's like, you know, James one seventeen says every good and perfect gift is from above. And so we know that COVID-19 did not come from God right. because only good things can come from God. But we know Romans 8.28 says we know that all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to His purpose. And yes. so I believe with all my heart that He's able to work good and bring good out of this. And so one of the things I'm seeing is that very thing. It's like, God, here we are going into Easter week, and you've got the attention of the church worldwide. Oh, that's so good. And I was thinking, Tony, about Easter week, you know, and it was like, okay, Easter week really symbolizes the empty tomb, not the cross. It starts with the cross. It ends with an empty tomb. And isn't that just like what the devil thought? When Jesus was crucified, he thought he won. Yeah, he thought he thought, "Wow, look, look what I've done! I've accomplished what I wanted to do! I've destroyed all this!" And instead, we end up on what we celebrate as Easter, which is the, which is an empty tomb. And I believe with all my heart that this pandemic is going to be the same that the enemy thought he won, but what's going to come out of it is so much life and so much unity and so much is going to be 
birth, and he will know that he is lost because of what God is going to accomplish and the good he's going to bring. Amen. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Have you heard testimonies from anyone around the world of healing from COVID-19? Well, um, I just read one just now online coming out about healing. So we have... um, um, we have worked in Spain and we have worked in France and we have friends in Italy. And so these are those places where you're really seeing people piled up on top of each other, living in apartments, very similar to here in America and New York. So you've got this really close interaction. And so it's really been sweeping through these places that now what they're starting to see is people coming out of the hospital and they're, and they're, and they're living and they're testifying of what, of what God has done. And so, and I'm also seeing these testimonies. I shared this one, you know, we have a pastor friend who shared a video and you know, you know, the videos you see going around of all the um, apartment complexes rejoicing. His son was one of them out on the balcony and this whole, and so you just see this unity and you know, God's just drawing all these people together and, I just think it's phenomenal. Yeah, I think it is too. I think it's neat to see the church's attention put back into the area of prayer and uniting Amen. in prayer about this one thing. And it was, uh, we were, we do a national prayer call three, uh, three nights a week for an hour with some different people from all over the country on Zoom. Everybody's using Zoom that. now. And um, last night we were talking and I was so um, not agitated in my spirit, but like bulldog tenacity in my spirit when I heard President Trump start to declare over the nation that this would be, he said it was appropriate we were coming into Easter because this would be a suffering sad week for our nation and start, Mm. did you hear that? And, no, I did not hear that. And yet. he started because of how many deaths they're projecting because of peaks yes, and different things like that. that. Yes. And uh, I I looked at the TV and I said, oh, no, it won't. The church needs to just start declaring that this is going to be a week of unprecedented miracles. Mm-hmm, a week and of not, life. And not unprecedented death. All the focus is on the death. And it's just time for the focus of the church to switch back to life. Yes. And to declaring oh, yes, and to decreeing so life. We just sit there and agree with the TV. Oh, okay. It's right. going to be a sad week. Well, we better prepare. Or how about we release some life into the situation? Yes. Like, how about we say death to the virus and this is over and we call it over. Amen. Amen. The church needs Amen. to use her keys. She needs to use her keys. Oh, good. So that I love seeing the unity and I love seeing the focus, God having the attention of his church. That's such a good thing coming out of this pandemic. And so um, I just want to segue into the next question because it kind of feeds off of this one. So how do I adjust my perspective and find new purpose in this current climate? Because obviously the church isn't meeting together anymore. We're being encouraged, at least in Ohio where I am, you know, the stay-at-home order is in place unless you have something urgent or you're an essential business. Obviously, we can still go to the grocery store, but personal contact is is next to nothing right now, and people are feeling, they're floundering a little bit in their purpose, and Mm -hmm. so I would love to have you speak to um, how to, how to find purpose. Even in some of the Christians I've talked to, they're almost in a funk 
I'm bored. I'm down. I don't know. I need to shake this off, but not really pressing into anything. So what advice would you give on on how to connect to purpose right now? Because purpose hasn't been canceled. Yeah, that's right. I I really love this question. I want to say this, you know, for for my husband and I, this isn't our first rodeo. You know, we've been, we lived through India during the bubonic plague. We were in Eastern Europe. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Back up. You were in India during during an outbreak of the bubonic plague? We, we were right in the heart of India when the bubonic plague broke out. And they came, that's, a, that's a 50% that's, death Yeah, ratio that's worse than that this. Was. Oh, very much, very much. And um, they had canceled all the flights in and out of the country. And there we were, right in the heart of India. And I shared this with our church recently. I said, you know, I, in the middle of that, you would think you would be like distraught. And instead, I had the most overwhelming peace because I was right in the middle of the plan of God yeah. for my life. I knew I was fulfilling His purpose. And literally, I could not have been happier than being right where I was. And I think that's the thing when we go through things like this. You know, my husband made 20 trips back and forth to Egypt during the Arab springtime and and before it and after it. And I mean, he lived through guns firing where he near where he was. And, and what you find during these times is you, you, you have to adjust your perspective to survive. And, yeah. and I believe that's what God is wanting. Life's all about perspective. Yeah. And so are you a half glass full or a half glass empty kind of person? Now, I know this pandemic, pandemic is an extreme case of that, but we have to decide who are we going to have, who are we going to be? And we have to choose. We're going to dial it in right now. Romans 4.17 says this, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things into being that we're not. So what are we saying right now? Do we say it's dead or we just say, no, I'm going to call it to life. That yeah. might be your job. That might be I know there's people listening and you're concerned about your job and you're concerned about your finances and you're concerned about your health and it can be this downward downward spiral but we have to decide no I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's dead I'm gonna call what's not as though it is and I'm gonna adjust my perspective because here's the truth the truth is this is an opportunity for great victory Yes. Each of us have favorite victory stories in the Bible. Like I love, I love Joseph and Esther. Who do you love? Name someone you love in the Old Testament. Oh, Joseph is my all-time favorite. Yes, don't you just love it? Where <laughs> does that come from? It came out of great trial. Yeah. He was made in the trial. He was made in the fire. And all of these, whoever you all can think of right now, whoever, whatever story does you love, look behind that story. What is it that you love? There's something they went through and great victory came out of it because they allowed it to make them and not to break them. And I'm telling you right now, Tony, God is wanting to bring such greatness out of us. He's wanting to use this whole pandemic as a catalyst for amazing testimonies to come forth. And so I here's what I think. It's not time to be a turtle and draw your head into a shell or an ostrich and stick your head in the ground. It is time, ladies, to get our head up and to be looking for opportunity. Yes, we're home and we're being wise, but I have never seen so much opportunity as the opportunity that's out there right now to reach people, to love people, to develop new businesses, to go after new things. It's amazing to me. Oh, that's so good to not 
pull your head in like a turtle and t- and to develop new businesses. That's yeah. something that we were praying about into the economy, that in this white space that God would give witty ideas and creative so inventions good. to his people. Oh, that's so good. I love that you called it white space. That is so good. Oh, I love white space and we get so little of it unless you make time for it or use it wisely because what I have heard in a few people that I've been talking to is just, you know, Netflix saying, are you still watching? And so how would you speak to the distracted right now? Because I think there's a lot of people who are being that turtle and they're just trying to distract themselves from the crisis that's going on instead of plunging ahead and saying, God, what do you have me to do here? So how do you speak to the one that's distracted right now? I want to speak to that God has wanted our attention. There are things he's wanted to show all of us, but come on, ladies, we're busy. Or the men who might be listening. We're busy, right? We can be so busy. And I believe there's all these things he wants to show us and he wants us to do. But often our lives are busy and it's not all busy with his purposes and his plans. And therefore, we're too busy to stop and listen. And I feel like that reminds me of um, the story in First Samuel chapter 3, where Samuel finally says, speak for your servant yes. is listening and all this was going on and God had been trying to get his attention but he didn't even recognize the voice yeah. and I feel like that happens to all of us I know even for me in the middle of this I'm seeing new things that God wanted me to do but I hadn't stopped to do or I hadn't submitted to to do and now I have to do it and it's like I'm listening it's like yes God I feel like I'm saying that more than ever speak God what do you want me to do and then there's the part that Eli says to him, which is in verse 8 of that, that Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. And I think, Tony, I think this is our season to realize yeah. what God is saying to us. We all want time. Oh, if I only, How many of us have said, if I only had time, I'd do X. If I only had time, I'd do Y. If I only had time, I'd do Z. <laughs> but we blamed it. We really make an excuse. We right. Not having time as an excuse to not be obedient to what God's told us to do. And all of a sudden, that excuse for so many people that are not busy anymore is being washed away and the board is white, just like you said. And it's white on purpose because God is working good in all of our lives through something bad. And he's got our attention. And so there's never been a time like this to listen and to say, okay, God, I'm going to do, I'm going to right now, I'm going to prepare for what you've called me to do right now. I'm going to study. I'm going to, I'm going to look up this. I'm going to look up that. Or I'm, I'm going to reach out to that group of people who I said I didn't have time to reach out to before. Yeah. So how would you encourage them to reach out since we can't physically meet with each other? How are you finding well, that? Come on now. If this would have happened back when I was in India, there was no social media. Right. There was no cell phone. There was no internet. It was a different day. But that is not the day we live in today. Today, we live in a day where, yes, social media has gotten a bad rap, but right now we can really use it for God's glory, and we can use it to connect with people, or we can FaceTime people, or we can text people, or we can call people, or we can drop things off on someone's porch. I mean, there's so much opportunity right now that usually we say we don't have time to take. Yeah. Okay, now speak to the one that's afraid to do it. Listen, you've got to be bold. This is your greatest time. What if Esther would have been afraid to go before the king? She probably the was. Children, right? You know Because she it. took and three she days to fast it. and oh, pray. Someone else, yeah. Right? 
she took three days, which proves she was afraid to do it. Yeah, I, I like to say courage is just fear that trusts God. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to write that down. I love that. Fear that chooses to trust God. And really all of this stems from knowing who your God is. Oh, that's so good. It's all about that, isn't it? It always comes. It's all about come unto me. All you that are aware, it's time to come to him. Time to turn to him. Time to run back to the one that we love for everything. Oh, yeah. That's so and let good. me say this too, because I've been saying this, and since it's Easter, I get one more chance to say it, and that is that <laughs> it symbolizes Christ rose from the dead, and we're made just like Him, yes. right? And so He was made to rise, and so are we, ladies. You were made to rise. It's in who it's it's, it's who we are as sons and daughters. It's in us, just like it was in Him to rise again. It is in us. And so you just have to rise up during this time by the Spirit of God. We're not alone in this. He works with us to help us. He's our helper, and He causes us to rise up to these opportunities. And, and, and the Word of God is full of all these people who are willing to take a bold step. That's why their names are written. They took a bold step, and there yeah. comes a time in life when we have to choose to say, you know what, I'm going to take a bold step. This is my time. Yeah. There's something I've been studying for quite some time. I've written a few blogs on it, and uh, it all comes down to the premise that God's not as concerned about our comfort as we are. (laughs) (laughs) And I listened to a a Facebook Live that you did with our friend Daphne DeLay, because you were supposed to be at a ladies' retreat this past weekend, and you decided to do a portion of it online. And you talked about being free, but specifically free from comfort. Yes. We do everything (laughs) in our power to be comfortable. If we're cold, we turn the furnace up. If we're hot, we turn the air on. If we're hungry, we eat. If our back hurts, we lay down. If we do everything we can in our power to stay comfortable, but that's not necessarily God's plan for our life. Right, because we get so comfortable, it goes right back to the question you asked me, is what do you say to the person who's afraid to act? Well, I say you've become comfortable. And it's just like the the mama eagle who slowly pulls the nest away so that the bird will fly. And I think some of us feel like that right now. We're like, the nest, everything's going away that I know. (laughs) Nothing's comfortable right now. What do I do? You fly. You fly. Yeah. That's when it's time to fly is time when the comfort is gone. And I think we use our comfort zone as an excuse. I love the new conversation that's out about boundaries and, you know, everybody's you know, healthy boundaries, but sometimes we don't have boundaries. We have walls. Right. And we use those as an excuse to be comfortable, you know, and truthfully what we're doing is not doing what God has for our life because of it. And I've had to learn in my life, even like those stories I shared with you, because we've traveled around the world and we lived and lived in very adverse situations. And I mean, I slept on floors and huts and gone without, I've had bucket baths for days on end and eaten food that wasn't clean. And none of those things are comfortable. And I had to learn to get comfortable with uncomfortable. And that's the place where you're really out there on the limb with God. And that's where, you know, you can't do it, only he can. And I've learned to live in that place and I love it. It's the most wonderful place. Yeah, because you get to to see who God is at those deeper levels. You never experience those parts of God's faithfulness, his power, his promise-keeping ability until you're out in the uncomfortable. Right. That is so good. And you just get to know him so much more through those 
things if we just release. And that's why it was such that side of it when you guys brought that out, that it was something we need to be set free from. We look at, oh, we need to be set free from sin and we need to be set free from sickness, but we need to be set free from our desire to remain comfortable. Like that's something that needs broken in our lives. Because it keeps us say that word comfort with excuse, set free from our excuses. Oh, say that again. Right. We can trade the word (laughs) comfort for excuse because in truth, what we are (laughs) is making excuses because we're comfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Well, after after you guys finished your um, Facebook Live simulcast thing on Friday, I was thinking about something that I'd been meditating on and meditating on. And I just want to throw this out right here and kind of get your thoughts on it. And I know I'm catching you off guard, but... Okay. Um, we know Jesus came to reveal the Father, but his ultimate purpose was what? To pour out his blood and make himself a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 50, verse 6, to give his back to the smiters for our healing, right? To have the crown put on his head for yeah. our peace. Those yeah. nails driven into his hands and his feet so his blood could be poured out for our salvation. He could not fulfill God's plan for his life in a comfortable place. He had to put himself into a place of extreme discomfort for that blood to be able to flow. He wasn't even useful for that purpose until he was broken open and uncomfortable. That is so good. That is so good. And, and here we sit so with all our excuses. Yes. And yes. thinking, oh, but we're going to have to stand before the one who experienced the most discomfort that anyone will ever experience on this earth and give our excuse as to why we couldn't do what he called us to do. Yeah. You know what? That is so good because truthfully giving an account is that, is it not? It's yeah. why, what were the excuses? And then in that moment, there's no excuse that will bear any weight to us, you know, or to him. And so I think we'll said we'll be speechless. <laughs> oh, right? That's what, those so, are the tears that are going to need wiped away. The ones of regret. so good. When we're standing so before good. him. And I really wonder if he's going to show us a little video of what our life could have been mm. versus what it was and we're going to be so sad at what we didn't do for him mm-hmm. what we so did ladies what do we do we choose right now in the middle of this that we're not going to live life with regret i can actually look back and say there's not much i regret i feel like i've you know not that it's been easy not that we've done it all right not that we haven't made mistakes but i can tell you that i i don't i don't stand if i if he took me home today i don't have regret that i didn't try a few all of his will but yeah. i feel like in my life that was born out of these kind of situations that many people find themselves in for the first time yeah. so let this do that for you let this make you rise up you know we're, we're taught most of the people that are listening to this are taught the word so well most but now it's time where you're not just taught it, you practice it. Yes. Now it's time where you come to, like, uh, the first time us and I went to India, we, we almost died. And we came home pretty defeated. Then the Lord told us to go back. And we learned how to put our faith in action and to believe Him and to trust Him. And I realized I didn't know what I was taught. I had never lived it. Yeah. Now it's time to live the message your pastors have been teaching you. Now it's time to live the message that you call your favorite sermon. This is the time <laughs> we get to live it, right? Yeah. And on Sunday morning, Russ said something that just 
oh, it just got all of us. And he was talking about um, in Genesis 22 where um, Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. He called it Jehovah Jireh. And that was their place. But then this is our place in time. That was a place in time yeah. where he called him Jehovah Jireh. And right now at this place in our time, we get to know him as Jehovah Jireh because he's going to provide. He's going to take care. He's yes. going to go before. He's going to make a way. And if we allow him to do that in us, we rise up much stronger so good that is so good i know i let myself let insecurity keep me from doing some things that you know for a long time in this year even though i've been doing things for a lot of years there's just a few things that were in the background that i hadn't like you said fully surrendered to and one and my word for the year was jump and that Mm. just means to do all the things that scare you Do all the things that scare me. And so one of them was to put video on my blog. I've wanted to do a prayer school on my blog, but I let that little thought, who wants to hear what you have to say, hold me back for a long time instead of having the confidence to say, I'm going to release what God's given me to release. And it doesn't really have anything to do do with who wants to hear what I have to say. It's God has put a message burning in your heart. And it's about that step of simple obedience. Success isn't getting a 10,000 hits on a blog. Success is simple obedience to what God put in your hand to do. That's that what we're going to answer help. for, not the result. Yes. And so we just cast off fear. We cast off insecurity mm-hmm. off you right ladies now. listening, off everyone yes, listening. We and we just say, Father, fill them with boldness. and. Yes courage to step out and yes. do everything that you've called them to do for your yes, kingdom Father, in Jesus name. amen we have one more amen. question so okay. what do you think life is going to be like after this crisis is over Okay, so you you mentioned that you listened to a little bit of the podcast. I'm not the podcast, it's a Facebook Live I did with Pastor Daphne Delis yes. in Middle Texas, and it's on my Facebook page if anyone wants to watch it. But while we were on there talking, another dear pastor friend, Pastor Mary MacGyver, who you also know, yes. came on and made this comment just in the comments about we're not going back to normal. We're going to have a new normal. And I love that. Here's what I say. Let's not go back. To what it was, but let's allow this to give us a new normal. Know the bold me that I chose to be in the middle of this is the bold me that I'm going to continue being. Because, yes. like Philippians two thirteen says, it's God who works in us to will and to act in accordance to fulfill His good purpose. And so we just choose that we're not going back. That this is going to be our new normal. That we'll. I feel like everything my husband and I have walked through in the last twenty five years together in different places made me stronger, made me who I'd never go back and not do it again. Yes. Someone laughed at me the other day for saying that, but I wouldn't because it made me, it, it, it worked strength in me. It worked patience in me. It made me who I am. It's the reason I'm not fearful today. And the, the day this hit, we got our heads up looking for every opportunity, everything we needed to do financially, everything we needed to go after because those things had already worked in me. Yes. And so we allow this time to make us who we would not have been before. Oh, I love that. You know, I just listened to a podcast by a national guy. He actually is based in Canada. He was talking about what he thought it was going to look like after this was all over. And he said he felt the church was going to go more virtual. 
And yeah. his oh, whole yeah. thing was going to only go virtual. He said, if we give the same thing virtually that we do in person, then why would we need to do it in person when we can reach more people this way? And I just wanted mm-hmm. to get your take on that because to me, I thought, well, maybe you're not given the Holy Ghost and he's giving grace in this season of separation that's been forced on the world through this virus. But I honestly feel like the church, when we come back together, is going to be stronger together. How do you oh, see yes. that side of it? I do. I'm getting texts. I got two last night from our church members like, I cannot wait for the thir- first service back. And you've seen those memes out of what it's going to be like the first time we're back together. <laughs> yeah. I had people message me last night saying the very same thing you said. And it's that we cannot wait to be together again. I literally think the church is going to grow while the doors are closed. I think when we come back together, the first time we're going to see that we're actually stronger mm-hmm. in numbers too. But there's a balance to that. The balance to that would be, uh, according to what this man said that you heard, that I do believe we're the generation that can reach the world because of the access we have into every home and hut and village around the world because of the Internet. And so it's forced some of us to get more active, to have that time to be active, to, to get everything lined up that we needed to get lined up to be where we needed to be. So I think the balance of it goes both ways. For me, is that yeah, some of us had to up our game because we're taking into this into every home around the world and we're the generation that can finally do it. Yeah, so it's not either or, it's both and. And my daughter, yeah. yeah, my daughter even said the other day, because before this all happened, when we were gathering, we always greeted our online family. Uh, as much as we could, you know, during the announcements or welcoming them in, but we'd always encourage them, come, come if you can. Mm -hmm. You know, some of them are invalids and some of them can't get out, but come if you can. There's just something different about being here, gathered together with your brothers and sisters in Christ. There's just, it's like when all our rivers converge together in worship, you can't help but have just a spectacular manifestation of the presence of God. And um, she goes, mom, I never really understood that until now Mm. she goes I miss Mm -hmm. it so much and that was from you know the generation that generally isn't physically connected as much as they are virtually connected so I really feel like this Gen Z that is more into their phones are missing the physical connection and it's going to bring them in in just droves because Another they see the value bring out of, of it. it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I she goes, I really that. just want to go walk by my friend's house and wave at them. They, they're, they're craving a physical connection mm-hmm. where before you couldn't get them off their phones and now they just want to be together. I just think that's amazing. <sighs> I think I've never thought of it that way. That is absolutely wonderful. I think it's at both and. So I cannot believe that we're out of time already. I cannot either. I've oh enjoyed gosh. it so much. I have too. I have too so much. And so I just have a couple more quick questions for you. And the first one was, how can our friends connect with you? Okay, so I'm on Facebook and Instagram just with my name, Judy Jo Adams. It's J-U-D-I. J-O-A-D-A-M-S. And then you could go to our, our church um, website if you want to. It's just churchatglasschapel.com. From it, there's links off to our Bible college, explanations, off to our ministry, one of our ministries, and off to our women's ministry, which you, Tony, are part of, which is Inspired Women. Or you could go to theinspiredwoman.org as well. And so um, anyway, from there, you can kind of find everywhere we're moving 
all over the place. <laughs> yeah, you guys are moving everywhere. <laughs> it's awesome. So we'll also post uh, links to those in the in the um, the notes page. But um, okay. one more question: We are called Better Together. So yeah. who makes your life better because they're in it? We want you to give them a shout out. Okay. Well, I have to shout out to my husband, Russ Adams, because he has always purposed in his life to push me out in mine, or I'm sure I wouldn't be doing all I'm doing. He's always been so unselfish and just been my, my partner with Christ. And so shout out to him. Oh, he's a good man. He's a good one. I'm so blessed. <laughs> so, hey, we're better together. So we want you we're to remember, make a point this week to connect with someone. Call a girlfriend yes, and catch good. up. Have coffee yes. with someone over FaceTime. You can hang out with us at Sisterhood via our Zoom call on Monday nights or when we gather again in person. Or you can connect with the sisters at your church wherever you go. Judy Joe, how are you connecting with your ladies these days? Okay, so we have our Inspired Woman also is a um, Facebook page, and it's also on Instagram. And so we're all connected there in the comments, and we've been doing some lives together. Awesome. If you don't have a church, find a healthy Bible-believing church in your area and check it out. Even though we're not gathering, you can still check us out online. If you're in the Warren Boardman, Vianna, Liberty, Newcastle, New Wilmington, Columbiana, or Coitsville, we invite you to come hang out online with one of us, one of our campuses. You can check out our website, vcconechurch.com. Or if you're in the Broken Arrow or Tulsa area, check out Church at Glass Chapel with Russ and Judy Jo Adams. You can find them at their website website for Church at Glass Chapel. Also, shout out that website again. Churchatglasschapel.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week. And don't forget, we are better together.